All right, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Um, so I'm not sure how this pod is going to turn out. Me and Matt are currently experimenting with a new software because Zoom decided to cap all one-on-one meetings at 40 minutes. So we're doing, uh, we're using a different recording platform, basically. We don't know how this is going. Uh, we're not going to know until basically we're done recording. So, um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. But good to be back. Welcome back. Um, it's been a see. break for us, yeah? Yeah, technically a break. A break. From actually broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so not sure if everyone listened to our stream, but, uh, yeah, we did a live NFL draft watch-a-thon. Uh, it, was, it was pretty fun. We got some good reactions. Uh, especially from the fanatic over here, uh, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, I look forward. Um, either the clips will already be out or will be coming out along with this podcast, and it's pretty funny. So there's some good stuff. But you know what? <laughs> um, real quick, let's just. I'm just gonna pay tribute to our UH sports. So uh, I think UH men's volleyball are currently doing pretty well in the tournament. Uh, they're still going. I think. They're, they were the three seed or something like that. Um, but good on them. Uh, hopefully they can win it all again. And shout out to UH Baseball. Somehow went on like a crazy win streak and are now uh, second in the conference. So go Bows all around, baby. Um, yeah. But without further ado, let's get into it. And I know... Uh, the fanatic has had some thoughts, so I'm just gonna turn the floor over to him to hear his official, uh, you know, now that it's completely over, draft reactions. So, Matt, take it away. How do you feel about the Cowboys draft? <sighs> I am stunned, I'm still stunned. And today's what Tuesday. <sighs> I just couldn't believe what I saw on Thursday. So for those of you that don't know what happened, um, Dallas was positioned very well in the draft based on how the other teams were picking to have a solid first round pick. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is, this is turning out exactly as I wanted. All the guys that I wanted Dallas to get were mostly all there and then they kind of weren't there because we took someone who wasn't even talked about so let's 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 break this down so dallas ends up taking the offensive tackle from tulsa tyler smith so what everyone's been asking me for the past couple days like oh like what do you think about the draft and my answer is I'm stunned because I don't know how this fixes their problem. And what I mean by that is penalties. <laughs> because Dallas was the most penalized team lead. Oh, it was the most penalized team in the National Football League last year. And there was one player that I constantly rip on, and he's now on the Dolphins. That this was the main source. By the way. This is that your karma the... for ripping on him. <laughs> this is your karma. This is your fault. Well, well, 
he's not going to be that bad. Let me tell you that. But Connor Williams was our left guard last year, and he was the most penalized player in the NFL. Now that takes a special talent to do that, but Dallas lets him go in the off season. He goes to Miami. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, somewhat of a problem solved. But then I read about this guy who we pick. And lo and behold, he led the NCAA in penalties this last year. <laughs> like, See, really? that takes and even more he... of a talent, Matt, because there's like, hundreds and hundreds of schools in the NCAA. Yeah, so that's even more my, talent. My so concern, like... One, he's projected to be the left guard now on paper, which is exactly where Connor Williams was last year. So I am not thrilled at that. But, I mean, he was the most penalized guy in college football, and he played at Tulsa. Like, it's not like he was at Alabama or Georgia or one of these big schools playing against top-notch competition. You know, he's not playing against Jordan Davis or – Aiden Hutchinson every day. He's at Tulsa. You know, it's a small Division One college football program. And, you know, if you're going in the first round, I would expect you to be, you know, pretty dominant, which, you know, in fairness to him, he was. But the penalties, you shouldn't be committing that many penalties when you have the size and the skill set that he actually has because he's actually talented but it's raw talent and to me that's what we don't need right now like if i'm a team that's in playoff contention right now the chiefs you know you could say the cowboys the rams you know i don't want guys who are projects who are gonna take two to three years to develop and then we find out how good they really are no, you want to draft someone who can help you win now because that's where your window is. And he just doesn't fit what what we're looking for there. And I was telling you, you know, on the pod, or not on the pod, but on the stream, that if they take a lineman, I would be okay with it. But only one lineman would fit that mold, and that would be Tyler Linderbaum. He would have been the ideal pick right there if, if jerry wanted to bolster up that line he was sitting right there and then he got goes short to, arms. he go you got short arms i don't though, care Matt. if he got short arms short legs hey, long cares. arms i don't care if he's blind i mean he can block okay you care if he's he blind. can block he can block you just but blind. he was <laughs> i don't care blind <laughs> deaf I don't know. Whatever yeah, it is. Jeff, you would take a blind. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe he won't hold. I don't know. He doesn't hold. Because <laughs> he can't see. <laughs> what are you... What did you... I, I'm, I just... All right. But I just don't understand it. Like, how do you pass up on a guy that was the highest graded lineman in the draft? Like, I get center isn't the biggest need for a lot of teams actually because that's why he fell so far but he was that good and he's playing you know he's he's when 
Yeah, he went to Iowa. So he's playing against Aiden Hutchinson, guys who are dominant, going to go to the NFL, holding his own ground. And you choose a guy who, oh, yeah, we can develop him. We think he's going to be good in about two years. Well, in about two years, everyone's not going to be on the team, potentially. You got to sign CeeDee Lamb. You got to sign Trayvon Diggs. Can you even keep them? Michael Parsons is going to have to get paid. Dak Prescott's contract is going to be up. <laughs> Zeke is probably going to be not on the team anymore. Like, you want guys to help you now. And he just, he doesn't fit that mode. I'm sorry. Now, he's saying the right things, I think, with his press conference. You know, he seems like a hard worker, which is great. You know, I, I'm cheering for this kid, but, you know, I wish he wasn't on the team at this point. <laughs> Just because I think he should have been in a different situation. That's all I'm saying. So that was my rant on the first pick. So let's get into the other picks now. Oh, God. So, yeah. Can you condense them, that, please? That, that, that's... <laughs> how, hey, many picks no... are, how many picks are there? You're going to go individually one by one? <laughs> the... No, 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 no. Well, I just want to talk about a few here. So, okay, all right, fine. So their second round pick was uh, was the edge edge rusher from Ole Miss, Sam Williams. Now this guy was interesting because when they announced his pick, I was kind of like, "What? Like, why did you pick him? Like, you could have picked Nicole Dean or." All these other guys that are on the board, I just thought there were a little, there was a little more talent left on the board at the time. But you know, after kind of looking at his stats, you know, I started to kind of feel okay about this pick, okay-ish, because he did have twelve and a half sacks last year, which is really good. Playing in the SEC against Alabama, against Georgia, against the top-notch competition, and he was you know, a force. So you got to be pretty good if you get 12 and a half sacks in the SEC. So I can live with that. I hope, I honestly think this guy is going to be the X factor. Like how Micah Parsons was last year to us. I'm not saying he's going to have that same, you know, defensive player of the year type of impact, but can he make, you know, a quality edge rusher for this team? Yeah, I, I think so. He can be a Randy Gregory type of rusher, hopefully. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the other pick I want to point out is Dallas drafted a receiver in the third round. And this was actually one of my favorite picks, uh, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. So, you know, the, Mel Kuyper and all these analysts, they're like, oh, Dallas, you know, not a really good pick. They really they needed a slot receiver. But to me, I mean, he fits this offense offense just fine. He's a big receiver. A lot of people are comparing him to Michael Gallup in the way that he plays. He can get that 50-50 ball. You know, not really a slot guy, so he'd probably play on the outside. But to me, that's that's fine because, you know, you have C.D. Lamb. He was playing in the slot for the past two years because Amari Cooper was on the outside. So it's not like we don't have a slot receiver. We're just going to have to adjust and, you know, move CeeDee Lamb back to the slot, which is where he was playing the past two years. And if this kid pans out, I mean, Dak's got 
a six one receiver. He's got Michael Gallup coming back. You know, we know what he can do when he's healthy. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb is supposed to have that third year explosion this year, taking that next step. James Washington, people are aren't really talking about him, but he's a pretty talented guy. He was just, you know, in a crowded receiver room in Pittsburgh. So he's got game. And then they've got, you know, Tony Pollard. I'm sure they're gonna, I would hope. They use him properly and they use him a little bit as a receiver and a running back. So they have weapons, I think. It's starting to fall in place. So I, I like I like that pick actually. But the one pick that's to me is interesting, you know, I'm not gonna go through every pick, but to me the draft got a little better and better as it went. But in the fifth round, Dallas selected uh this linebacker from LSU, Damon Clark. So he's not expected to play this year due to a spinal injury, and he might miss the start of the following season too. But if you look at his numbers, he actually had better numbers than Nicobe Dean did this year individually. He didn't get the recognition because of the team success, but just looking at the numbers and seeing that, you know, hey, he's the middle linebacker for LSU which is a very, you know, prominent program. You know, he I think he has he has some intrigue in there. Like if he can come back healthy, you get Micah Parsons, you have Jabril Cox coming back this year from his injury, who is another LSU linebacker, and Damon Clark. All three guys are known for speed. Speed kills now in the NFL. And if you have three linebackers that are fast like that, you can go places in the NFL. But overall, I think the draft got better as it went along. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, I got to give them a C. You can't pick, you can't have that first round pick and expect to be good in the draft. That just doesn't cut it for me. I said before they should have gotten a Kobe Dean, Jamison Williams. I was okay with Linderbaum. They got none of them. Two out of the three were available, and they didn't take them. Well, that's my rant. That was, what, 12 minutes? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty oh, short. Worse. No, I'm trying to be object objective here. So, I just got to make a comment there. Tony Pollard, RB2, because Zeke's coming back. <laughs> no, but they can use yeah. Pollard. He was a receiver at Memphis. He was, like, that gadget guy, so... I'm hoping they use him properly because someone should have been fired long ago. Kellen Moore, you know. Just, okay. just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Well, yeah. Hey, we're, man, you never still, know how these We're going guys. to the Super Bowl anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Just touching on a few more draft items. So, not sure if everyone heard uh, the Vikings second round pick be announced. Um, <laughs> shout out to our single Vikings fan, probably on the whole island of Oahu, our boy Riley. Um, so it was really funny because the there was a celebrity. His name is Ed uh, Ed Mariano, and he you know is a former Viking himself, and also played the head coach um on the tv show blue mountain state um so he's a pretty you know 
you know, well-known guy, you know, uh, that's kind of like a cult following show. Uh, anyway, me, we all watched it in college. Um, so we, we know who he was, but he great decided, show, by the way. You guys should watch that. Yeah. yeah, not the most appropriate show, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, so he goes on stage. Uh, draft announcements are supposed to take like 20 to 30 seconds max. They timed him. He went a full two minutes. <laughs> on the sh- on, like during his like what was supposed to be just a quick blurb um he started like talking like you know oh back in my day and blah 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 it wasn't like this oh we didn't have all this fancy stuff and it's it sounded like like you know like one of your older relatives that once they just start talking about the past like they don't stop until you know, it's been like 20 minutes and they got all their stories out. It was like it was gearing up towards that until a producer of the NFL draft had to run on the stage and tell him to read the pick because he went for us like two minutes doesn't sound long. When you realize that the draft, you know, like the picks come in and like goes boom, 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 15 boom, seconds. Like, it's yeah. just in and out. It's, it's yeah. in and out. <laughs> so such an awkward moment. I was just like listening to it on my phone. I'm like, what is going on? Um, Yeah, super awkward. But good for the Vikings, though. They end up getting the corner that they needed. So I was happy about that. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, go check out that clip. It's hilarious. But it's like hilariously awkward. You know, it's like it makes you uncomfortable watching it. Like I could I, I don't think I could rewatch that clip. Um, anyway, uh, I guess so Trayvon Walker went first overall. I mean, we knew this was going to be an unpredictable draft. Jacksonville does Jacksonville things. They take who they think is going to pan out. I mean, some of them turn out, you know, pretty good. Uh, Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, I guess, you know, he, he turned out to be pretty solid. Trevor got a lot of potential. But then they, you know, they signed Christian Kirk four years, 80 mil. You know, Jacksonville is good at Jacksonville. Anyway, um, good for Aiden Hutchinson. He on he went back home. Uh, but we're just gonna talk about the three main quarterbacks, I guess, that were being talked about. Uh, so Kenny Pickett ends up going to the Steelers. I guess he's gonna be the QB of the future. Uh, kind of interesting to see if Mitch is gonna be the starter as more of that solidified bridge guy uh or if you know Pickett comes in to kind of start the season all i'm saying is dude has eight and a half inch hands so we'll see how that uh he gotta wear two gloves like teddy um we'll see how that pays off you know in the cold of pittsburgh and we just could be handing the ball off anyway so uh who knows hey, they said joe burrow had small hands too look how he turned out that's true that's true um plus you know you know Hand size doesn't mean everything. It's how you it's how you use your hands, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> anyway. Um, moving on. So next, Desmond Ritter went to Atlanta, and he actually was getting draft comps to Marcus uh, Mariota. So kind of a perfect situation there. Uh, they have basically the same skill set. Um, we'll see how that kind of pans out i'm still guessing marcus is gonna start honestly i think he's gonna start the whole season knock on wood uh pending injury um because i think they want to maybe tank again um 
get one more pick and then hand the keys over to Ritter. That's, I mean, just assume um, that's how they kind of want things to play out. Um, but good for Desmond Ritter. I, I, you know, super athletic quarterback. And so they, maybe, you know, they can run some dual QB stuff. I don't even know, like how Marcus was used in, in Vegas kind of thing, uh, just to keep him healthier, maybe, you know, um, I don't know, but I, I think that's a good situation. Plus, Marcus has no problem being the mentor guy. And I bring that up because the third, the other big quarterback that was talked about during the draft, Malik Willis, stayed on the board for a long time until he was eventually picked up by Tennessee. And the Tennessee Titans' current starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, several years ago replaced Marcus Mariota as the starter had some interesting comments about Malik Willis today, basically saying, actually, he did say exactly that it is not his job to mentor Malik Willis. Um, you know, I mean, I get it, kind of. You know, it's you know, it's a cold business. Um, you guys are fighting for each other's spots. Um, there's a lot of money involved in this business. Um, you kind of got to watch out for yourself. But, you know, to hear... Your franchise quarterback, uh, you know, openly say that during a press conference is a little insecure, maybe. I, I took that as his, he's a little insecure that uh, Malik is just gonna get the job, you know. I mean, we don't know how Malik is gonna turn out, but for you to just openly say, No, I'm not gonna mentor him because you know it's a business and you know. If he learns from me, great, but if I'm not going to go out of my way, like, you don't want to hear that, you know, like everyone, you know, I want my starting quarterback to make everyone better, like the whole team, as much as it sucks, um, to, you know, to be replaced or, you know, when you go down, we haven't seen really a ton of animosity from a lot of the older quarterbacks. I know when Rogers, you know, uh, was talking about love. He would never openly say, no, I'm not going to just, you know, he's on his own. Or even Brady, right, with his younger guys or uh, Russell Wilson. You know, any of these big-name QBs are going to try to make their teams better. Um, and so just kind of disappointing for Ryan Tannehill, honestly. Um, so now I hope Malik does start over him, just, just to spite him for that. I hope they come back to that clip when Malik gets a starting job this year. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'll be this year. He, nah, he's a project. A yeah, he's a project. Maybe two yeah. years from now. But Tannehill has himself to blame. If he didn't stink it up in the playoffs, then maybe they don't draft Malik Willis. Maybe they'll mm -hmm. draft, you know, a day three guy just to have as a backup. But you know, maybe they they have a plan now. <laughs> they've they've seen the the potential of where they can go with Tannehill as their quarterback. So. If they can develop Willis in a year or two, then Tannehill might be on his way out. Yep. Um, let's see. I mean, yeah, we can uh, – I don't really want to talk Packers. They didn't get a receiver in the first round, but they got a receiver in the second round. I think they got three receivers, actually, in the draft. Um, so uh, they got some enough stuff for Rodgers, whatever. Um, other than that – uh. Football wise, I guess we can touch on Hopkins. So Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins got suspended 
for six games for PDs. Uh, I guess that's a little more insight, maybe, as to why they took uh, or traded for Marquise Brown. Things are starting to add up. Maybe Arizona kind of new stuff was going on behind the scenes. Uh, Not sure. Anyway. That's uh, why they said for the Ravens to be quiet. Did you hear on the draft show? They said if the Ravens leaked anything, they were going to cancel the trade with them. So they had to have known something. I see interesting stuff. Hmm. Some fishy stuff going out there in the desert. Cliff uh, is a pretty shady guy a little bit. Yeah. Down there. <laughs> I kind of, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on down there in the desert. Um, but yeah, Debo's still unsigned. Tyron Matthew went to the Saints. I don't know what Debo's going to do. I hope he gets paid, though. Because um, AJ Brown got him. paid. <laughs> So I hope they trade him. <laughs> trade him in in the NFC, right? Well, if it's not the Dallas, then <laughs> get him to the AFC. <laughs> Feed him to the Wolves or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, give him to Tula or something. I don't know. <laughs> they got too many guys. They can't. They can't handle all that. You can never have too many weapons. I guess so. That's true. Um. But anyway. NFL draft is over. Now we wait uh, several months until uh, the preseason and we get all hyped again for football. Uh, But until then, I think that'll be good for football. So let's move on here. Uh, Basketball. All right. I'm just going to get this topic out of the way because I know we want you wanted to bring it up Uh, on the last podcast that we recorded. I we had the question of who is the best player in the world. And I said Kevin Durant. And <laughs> I, I said Giannis. I said Giannis. I have to face the music now because the Nets got swept. Let me just say one thing um, in my defense. So I'll admit LeBron, when you know he was the best player in the world several years ago, um, could always elevate his team. I feel like, especially in the playoffs, you know, that golden, that first year they played Golden State and he had no Kyrie or um, Kevin Love, and he still won two games with Del Vadova, Matthew Del Vadova as the point guard. That is best player in the world stuff. To me, that's just not quite all of Kevin Durant's game. Like, individually, he's probably the best player in the world, but I guess that does that you can't really call him the best player if he gets swept in the first round uh with another all-star in Kyrie Irving. Um but I don't I just I really don't think Brooklyn had the team this year. Um and the Celtics I think were just ready. Uh and you know defensively they had good matchups even with, without Williams. Um I think the Celtics kind of knew how to stop him, and Jason Tatum really, really stepped up uh, to me. He was, he was kind of that guy. Uh, plus, now Marcus Smart is contributing on offense, and when Jalen Brown gives you his A game, uh, he he's kind of like one of those you know guys that when he gets hot, he's nearly an, impossible to guard. So that's all I'll say. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's kind of a. I'm not looking forward to talking about that because I knew I was going to get it. At uh, least you admitted you are wrong. <laughs> well, I, 
I guess I'm wrong. It's so hard because what does best player mean? Like individually, talent wise, he's probably the best, still the best player in the world. He can do the most things individually. He can, you know, offensive and defensive game combined. It's still probably him, but at the end of the day, does that win you games? And in this case, he didn't win a single game. So, yeah, that's up for debate. Anyway, that was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they got swept. Uh, oh, and let's talk about – you want to talk about Ben Simmons. So, what did you want to say about Ben? He you – know, I was watching First Take a lot when this whole saga was kind of going through, and – I gotta say, Stephen A was like on the money with a lot of his takes on this, and he's been since Max left. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it's I mean, been more attention okay. grabbed. He's got to carry the show, you know, produce yeah. content. Yeah, but in terms of this Ben Simmons stuff, I thought he was very spot on. I was like, "Yep, like I agree with that." So the one thing that he pointed out that everyone was asking and i had no idea how this happened was how did he end up hurting his back <laughs> because he gets traded to brooklyn you know we all knew he was having mental health issues so we assume he gets traded he's out of philly so okay like he's you know i'm all happy now i'm new place new start let's let's get to work and the way that it was reported was that he was coming back, you know, give him a week or two to get basketball and conditioning up and he'll be back on the court. And I was like, okay, like no problem. We'll see Ben Simmons. And then it gets delayed a little bit. And then he doesn't want to play against Philly, but he's going to go to the game and sit on the sidelines. Like, okay. <laughs> And then he gets ruled out with the back injury. And that keeps him out for the rest of the season. And Stephen A asks, how, how did he hurt his back? Did he, what did he say on first date? Like, did he drive on the pothole or something down the road? He said that like every week, every day maybe. But what it sounds like was what they were saying from his camp that that back injury was because of what the it stress, stress or the mental health like mental health bro, triggered like, that a stress point in his back that was the that, legit report that i know up. when i saw that i was like this man is so weak like you have no business you know playing in the nba or being in the nba if you're using that as an excuse and Stephen A was right about this, right about this too. But he's collecting his contract too. Like, what did he do to to earn that? Like, I was watching inside the NBA too, and Charles Barkley made a good point about this too. Is even if you give your team five minutes, just five minutes, that's better than nothing. So it's like he could have played. He just chose not to at the end of the day. He was completely mm -hmm. healthy. But, oh, my mind is telling me I can't do it. So I'm not going to play. Like, Scotty Barnes, 
I think he like he had a pretty serious injury yeah. in that first yeah. game. He comes back in he misses what one game and he's basically playing on one leg. I mean, you got all these guys, Joel Embiid, you know, I know he's hurt now, but he was playing with that torn torn ligament in his thumb. Like mm-hmm. you got all these guys in the playoffs just doing whatever it takes to help your team win and you just you just can't be there for your team. Like I I don't have respect for a player like that. Like I can't support someone like that. Cuz I yeah. I don't like to hate I don't like to hate on players. I really don't. Like even if you're on the Red Sox, like I still respect you if you're good. If you're on the Eagles, if you're a good player, I respect you. But yeah, I don't you probably respect- hate as a fan you hate them, but as a person, yeah, like you know, you I don't know, like you, the Red you, Sox. Yeah, or you, oh, you David still, Ortiz, you know. like oh, boo David Ortiz, but I sure as hell respect him as a player. We we don't respect the Astros though on the show. Exactly, that's right. <laughs> but they did something wrong. More so the org at this point. <laughs> But anyway, but just yeah, I lost a lot of respect. Basically, all my respect for Ben Simmons. But that was my rant. I just thought I had to say that. No, I. It's oh man, it's kind of sad. It's truly sad. It's it's sad because we're starting to see this trend now, and it's it's unfortunate because it's literally our generation. Like these guys are several if you know some of them are our age that are doing things like this kyler murray you know carl anthony towns is you know has these uh, just seems seemingly emotional you know flare-ups during the game or you know he gets really mentally frustrated and you can see it um i mean i guess you know cat ended up coming back and you know gave it his he's giving it his all at least so I, i i respect him for it um, but you know, it's like, and they're like, oh, these kids are so immature, blah, blah, blah. They don't want, you know, they can't tough stuff out. Um, but yeah, this probably to me was the most severe case of that just because, um, you know, he, he kind of knew he's been the number, he was the number one overall pick. He knew what, you know, to expect. And even as a number one overall pick, he wasn't really tasked um, to lead the franchise back. That was on Embiid because he had, you know, the talent to score and whatever, and it was just kind of nice. And so it's not like he's not used to having the spotlight on him. Um, so, you know, when you have the spotlight on you, you know there's criticism to be had. And you were in Philly, of all places. There, You know, I'm sure your agent told you, and if people weren't telling you this, they failed you. But you should have known the culture of Philly when they drafted you because it's notorious throughout, you know, sports. Philly is a tough sports town. They will boo you. You know, it's just like the Yankees, right? Just like New York. If you are not performing, you will get booed by your own team, by your own fans, right? And so all this, you know, kind of adding up, I, I get the mental health thing. Every Mental health is is a legitimate topic, I think, you know. And people struggle with it all the time. It's a legitimate, um, Ill- there are legitimate illnesses. You know, some, you know, of the older, like boomers and stuff, they're like, ah, you know, mental health, ah, you just making it up, whatever. You just don't want to work, blah, blah, blah. I think it's legit. But in this case, like you said, I think you hit it spot on. The one thing that really annoyed me 
was for him to not even suit up, first of all. So he wasn't even game ready. You know, if they needed one defensive stop, he couldn't give them. He, he had been playing, you know, rehabbing his other injuries this whole time. You can't give, you know, suit up to potentially give your team one stop down the stretch uh, or even attempt to go out onto the court. And if you, you know, a lot of the guy like the, the inside the NBA guys on TNT, right? Even they were saying, like, even if you suit up and give try to go for two minutes and you you legitimately just cannot move out there, and you know, okay, hey, you tried. It's the playoffs. We're all in this yep. to win. You tried. But the fact that you're not even going to try to suit up to, you know, play in the playoffs, I yeah, I can. I just, it's just so disappointing to me. Um, cause he has so much talent, you know, and uh, just, yeah, it's just frustrating to see. Um, I hope, I hope whatever, you know, he can figure it out for the future. Cause you know, he's going to be a big piece, I think for Brooklyn going forward, but man, I just do not know. I'm like, he's getting paid. You can't even. You can't even go out like and try to do your job. Forget passion. Forget winning. You know, like, like this is a job. Yeah, this is a contract. If we, Matt, if we don't go into work because you know mental stuff, okay, that's fine. But if we're trying to come back and we go, nah, I don't think I'm. No, I'm not even gonna try. No, for extended months, are we gonna? keep our job no that's just that like forget the passion of the game and you know all that stuff this is a job you can anyway i'm done i'm done talking about that i hope he gets it together um he better get it together not i hope he better yeah anyway um okay We'll go back to our predictions and stuff. I was wrong about the Durant thing, but I was right. Atlanta and New Orleans made it through to the, you know. So I went two for two. Just saying. I went two for two. Um, even though, you know, both those guys, you know, the Heat took care of Atlanta. The Heat are scary. Kind of scared uh, to have Logan back on this pod because the Heat looked look tough, man. Especially without Embiid, I think. They easily make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think they could give Boston or Milwaukee a run for their money. Um, so, yeah, he took care of business. I got them winning that series. And then um, on the other side, yeah, the Suns also almost similar to the Heat at this point. Took care of business. You know, New Orleans, they they were scrappy even without Zion. Um, you know, Alvarado trying to, you know, giving them the hustle. CJ and BI giving them everything they got. A lot of their rookies stepped up in that series, uh, New Orleans. Um, they got a bright future. They're they're a team to watch for in the next next year. And if they can get Zion back too, I I like the coach and I think yeah, New Orleans is going to be a tough tough out. I I could see them being a potential like four seed next year. I think they're that good and they can grow that much. Um, 
they'll take the utah jazz place next year <laughs> yeah i really think they will <laughs> um so yeah getting into utah they lost again in the first round um have they won a playoff series with Donovan they won Mitchell last yet? year no they won oh, they last did? year okay yeah because they lost in the semis conference semis but man, they but just they were the cannot... one seed last year, so yeah, they cannot make that next step. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's time to change coaches, change philosophies, because it's kind of like they got that regular season down, right? Like they know how to win in the regular season, but for whatever reason, and just a brutal way for their season to end. Bogdanovich had a wide open three. Like wide open, Dinwiddie flew by. He had a wide open three to win the game and extend the series, and he shorted it bad. Um, I feel bad for Donovan. I don't feel bad for Gobert, but I think Donovan has that potential. I don't know if I really don't know what needs to change, but maybe it's a coach. You just gotta figure something else out. Um, but well, I think if Utah, if I was, if I was Dwayne Wade, because he's partial owner, I'm looking to trade Gobert. I think that Gobert and Mitchell duel. I think we've seen enough of that, and we really saw Gobert get exposed on the defensive end with what Dallas was doing. They were just, you know, spreading the court. They got all mm-hmm. five shooters. You know, give Luca the rock. Oh, like Brunson, didn't Brunson really, one of those guys. Yep. Like one of those guys is going to, you know, make a play off the dribble. Gobert can't help himself. He's going to try block the shot and then they're going to kick it out to his man who is, you know, Kleba in this sense, who Kleba. is splashing threes. I mean, getting wide open looks. And then if they collapse and they rotate, then they're making that extra one or two pass to get the open shot. So, I mean, he really he couldn't defend the perimeter and the way that the NBA is now is it's a guard oriented league or a perimeter oriented league. So if you can't play out there, then, you know, you're kind of a liability, whether it's offensively or defensively. And, you know, one of the issues that, you know, I have with the Utah jazz is actually with Donovan Mitchell too. And I think he is the face of the franchise and, you know, I think you can build around him. But I just question, like, some of the shots that he takes. Like, it's just so reckless. Like, he just, he just like, blindly shoots jumpers. And it's, like, some degree kind of like Kobe. It's, like, he has no conscience of, like, what he's doing on the floor. He's literally, like, you know, 7 for 30 from the field. And he's, like... Yeah, he had a bad series. Double, shooting. like, double double guarded and he's gonna pull up from three like that's the kind of shots that he takes and i'm like you know like if you stop doing that and maybe learn to pass a little bit more you know maybe trust your teammates maybe you don't have to shoot that anymore it's not like they don't have solid guys i mean conley bogdanovich clarkson clarkson was a six man of the year last year so he can play so i just think you know he takes too many bad shots and he, he's got to learn to kind of slow down a little bit. Because mm. when he plays under control, he's a lot better. You know, he can get to the basket. Obviously, he's super athletic and explosive. So he's just got to slow down, I think. 
But the real question is, what about the coach? <laughs> I don't even know. I I think Quinn Snyder's in trouble, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. It's gonna be an interesting offseason. But he would be the perfect coach for the Lakers to go out and get, I think, because we can't even win the regular season. And all you got to do is get to the regular season, and LeBron will coach from there. So <laughs> True. that's all I'm just saying. Hire a regular season coach, and yeah. LeBron takes oh, over as the postseason coach. coach. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Snyder's perfect. He knows how to win <laughs> during the regular season. And LeBron will take over from there. I'm I'm dead serious about that, by the way. So Utah, just let him go. He, it's not working out. Let him go. Genie, get on the phone the second. Palinka, get on the phone as the second he's re- he's fired and go get him because that's the <laughs> ideal situation. Huh. Okay. Anyway, let's get on to this. The current standings. So there are only eight teams left now. Uh, on the Eastern Conference, you know, Milwaukee's playing Boston. Currently, they're 1-1. Boston bounced back today with a big game, two after they lost game one. Uh, the Sixers and the Heat, Miami's up 1-0, like we talked about. No Joel Embiid, uh, at least for this next game. Uh, that game's happening tomorrow. Warriors-Grizzlies, uh, another good series, I think. Uh, that one just went 1-1. Another close game today. Ja had a great performance. Uh, at home, they needed to get one at home for sure uh, to keep this series alive. So now it's one-one, headed back to Golden State. And tomorrow, Mavs versus Suns. Uh, Phoenix is up one-zero. They play again tomorrow. Uh, Luca had forty, what forty-five or something like that in game one. Still wasn't enough. Uh, that game really wasn't that close. It the score was kind of close, but that game really wasn't that close. Um, so let's get into it. I think it's interesting because um, I think the way the Heat Sixers series and the Mavs and Suns series are gonna go like pretty similar. I think the Heat and the Suns, you know, are gonna handle business pretty easily, especially if Embiid doesn't come back um, until Game Four. I think if he comes back Game Four, it's too late. Um, if he comes back in game three, they have a shot. But if he doesn't come back until game four, I think that series is over. Uh, just like the Mavs Suns, I think the max it goes is six games. Um, I think the Suns are just too deep. Um, and just like the Heat, the Heat are just so deep. Like Oladipo came back in that, <laughs> that first round against Atlanta. I forgot he was even on the team. Um, and so He's he injured the back. whole year. Yeah, he's injured the whole year, and he came back and dropped 23 in the closeout game without Jimmy or Kyle Lowry. It's like, oh, my goodness. The Heat are actually just loaded, just like Phoenix, I think. So uh, I think it's going to come down to depth like it always does in the playoffs. So um, I don't want to shift my pick just yet, but at least the Phoenix pick is looking good. Um, But... Yeah, did you did you have any comments on those two series? I think kind of what you said, you hit it on the park, but Heat, Suns, I think both of them, gentlemen sweep, five gentlemen games. Gentlemen sweep, five games? Yep. I can see that. Now, the other two, that's the, Yo, shoo, the yeah, and the grind. We can get into the other two. I, I can see that both going seven, going actually. Going seven, yep. I think so, too. It's It's tough. 
But right, let's I, start with I do the Eastern Conference first. Start with that one. All right. Well, I picked B- Milwaukee to win the chip again, so I'm going to stick with them, and I think they win just simply because Giannis is that dude. <laughs> He's the best player on the planet best to me in the world, and without his running mate Chris Middleton, you know, he he got one. He stole a game in Boston already, so in a way he. He did what he had to do. I know they lost today, but they have home court now. So they're going back to Milwaukee. I'm sure they're not thrilled, but they're content with what they did. So I just think Giannis, if he plays well enough, he's nobody can stop him. Because he, he wasn't playing pretty well, I think, to start this game too. That's why Boston kind of jumped out to that big lead but he once he starts picking it up and Giannis has that aggressive mindset can't stop him you can't stop him so mm-hmm. i like the bucks and then to the west warriors grizzlies i think another seven game series i picked the warriors to play the bucks in the finals in my prediction and i'm gonna stick with that i just think the warriors have too much firepower steph Clay had a pretty bad game today again. I know he had the game-winning shot in the first one, but kind of been off. But I think Clay is going to have a bounce-back game. He's going to have a 30-40 point game sometime in this series to come through. You know, Draymond anchoring the defense. Jordan Poole is blossoming into an all-star caliber player. Wiggins, everybody keeps forgetting. He started the All-Star game this year, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he can play. So I just think it's it's jaw or bust for the Grizzlies at this point. And if he doesn't score 45 points and shoot efficiently, then I don't think they have enough depth to overtake Golden State. So I'm still right. confident in my picks. Okay. Hey, I, I respect that you're sticking to your guns. Yep. Uh you know, I had the mil- I had a uh, you know rematch of last year, pretty much Suns Milwaukee with the Phoenix finally winning it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit nervous though, just because they don't have Middleton. Um, you know, because Middleton actually is a you know he can be a pretty clutch playoff performer. Um, as sometimes underwhelming his stats may look in the regular season, everyone's kind of like, is he really an All Star? Um, but he has his games, you know, where he shows up and you know even in that last series against uh brooklyn um last year he was the guy in that game seven that hit was hitting the big shots down the stretch um so i i think that's a really really big loss i still i'm giving my respect because they're the reigning champs um i think like you said Giannis is just gonna take over and just be that guy i think middleton does hurt uh but that's you know, I think that's why that series goes seven. To me, the X factor in that series is Jalen Brown. Um, uh, like I kind of touched on earlier, when he gets hot, he is like unguardable. Um, but when he's off, he he's kind of a liability. Um, you know, he's athletic enough to play defense, but he's not the greatest defender yet. Um, it helps that you know they have smart and you know Horford has actually been playing. I mean. For some reason, Al Horford is the Giannis stopper. I I don't I don't know why, and he, he's not really stopping him, but like best Giannis limiter, maybe that's the right term. 
Um, because you can't really stop, be honest. You can just whatever hope to contain, contain him. him. Um, but for some reason, yeah, for some reason, Al Horford can do that. I don't doesn't make any sense to me. Um, because but yeah, I think Tatum's gonna be consistent with what he gives you. Um, if you can get you know 25, 20 to 25 plus consistently from Jalen Brown every night, I think uh, that's gonna be the key for Boston, uh, moving forward. But that's gonna be a good series, I think it's gonna go go seven so we'll see about that one um and you know we talk warriors grizzlies i think you know i really like memphis but i just i think the experience is just going to come into play at some point i'm not sure exactly when it's going to come into play um but even kind of if you take a look at that game one right you know jaw had you know, the layup that he kind of overshot because Clay was there. Uh, to me right there, that was kind of that lack of playoff experience. Um, just because, you know, when you're in that tense situation in the playoffs, you run whatever play the coach calls, right? And you just run with it and you stick with that play. That's what won them, you know, that that big game that they had against Minnesota where jaw got open, laid it up to win the game. That was almost the exact same play that they ran at the end of game one, right? But Clay came off Brandon Clark because he recognized that action and contested the shot. So jaw, you know, just sticking with the play instead of, you know, realizing, hey, Clay came off his guy. That means there's a wide open cutter right behind me. Um, so I think that's just kind of that lack of experience. It's going to be those those one or two plays. And Ja just took over tonight. He was amazing. He He's the future, I think, of the league. But I think it's going to come down to, like, one or two of those little, little, little plays like that, little details that's going to uh, give Golden State the edge. Um, so I, I'll stick with you, too. I, I like Golden State and Milwaukee, but I think both those go seven. It's going to be a fun series. Um and yeah, we'll get we'll get some some more basketball insight on the next pod. But it'll be interesting whose prediction falls first between me, you, and Logan. Yeah, because yeah, Logan's be... looks pretty shiny right now. Oh man, I'm scared <laughs> of the heat, man. Miami looks. You so had tough. Miami and Golden State, I think, right? They don't even have Lowry. I mean, okay, they're Embiid not being there. And what did I say about Harden? Right, I literally said Phoenix is or see. Philadelphia is not going to win because they have James Harden. And Harden looks like a shell of himself. Like, I don't know if it, you know, what exactly happened with the sitting out and trying to get traded, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that took a toll on him mentally or whatnot, but he does not look like the same player. And uh, if Joel Embiid does not come back, that series is a wrap. Because uh, Tobias Harris, Danny Green uh, are not going to beat you know, Jimmy and the Suns, or sorry, Jimmy and the Heat. So, um, yeah. Hey, don't forget, a... they got DeAndre Jordan, too. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if you follow. Do you follow that worldwide Wobe on Twitter? Um, no. He's kind of he kind of tweets like a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's kind of like this basketball personality. He has this ongoing thing about DeAndre Jordan. Because he like he basically tweets out 
uh-oh, everyone, look out. DeAndre Jordan is in the game. Then he'll go on to highlight every single play that goes on while DeAndre Jordan is there. And it's literally pick and roll, attack DeAndre Jordan, bucket. Pick and roll, you know, DeAndre Jordan drops, jumper, bucket. Oh, pick and roll with DeAndre Jordan. They attack him. He collapses in, leaves his man wide open in the corner, kicks it to him, bucket. It's like... <laughs> He's just exposing DeAndre Jordan. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Philly's done. Sorry. Um all right. Well, just to wrap up some NBA talk, because it's gonna be a good playoffs. Um Jaw and Desmond Oh, sorry, not Jaw and Desmond. Jaw technically won most improved player. Desmond Bain is a beast, though. Um that's a that's a he's a big reason why I think. Minnesota, the or, first series. Um, not Minnesota. Memphis even even has a chance because he actually carried them when Jaw was off that first series. Um, that dude is a bucket. I don't even know his his shot looks so easy, and he's like a he can play defense too. Memphis just has like those guys, man. I don't know, like that gritty type of you know the grit and grind, man. The That's grit and model. grind, man. Yeah. But I really like Desmond Bain after watching him some more too. I really i i think he's i think he's legit all star potential. Um, I think he's that good. So uh, good for good for Jaw though. Obviously, um, Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year. I mean, it was gonna be him or Mobley. I think he could have gone like either way. Pick. So I like Scotty Barnes. I, th- I like yeah. his game. Yeah, um, and I, I remember you know when. Shout out to another Hawaii uh, alum, Iolani alum, Bobby Webster, who's the GM for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, him and Masai Ujiri were catching a lot of flack from a lot of the Toronto fans because, you know, Jalen Suggs was sitting there at Toronto's pick, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, Suggs was coming off the huge NCAA tournament, you know, Super athletic guard, a lot of potential, but they went with Scotty Barnes instead. And they were catching a lot of heat for that. Um, they're like, what are we doing? You know, we already have Boucher, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I mean, hey, look at look at him now. So, you know, Toronto just keep on doing what they do. And uh Bobby, you keep doing what you do too. So good for him. Uh and then uh Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. Obvious that was a no-brainer. I think we no talked shot. about that. Uh <laughs> He, I mean, he scored what twenty plus coming off the bench. Another, just a, another key cog to that Heat team. Another guy that's just not afraid of that moment. Um, man, the Heat are going to be so tough. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll come back next week and see how uh, all the playoff standings are doing. So, oh, good stuff. I'm really excited for this. The rest of this playoffs, I think it's going to be good. Um, all right. Well, let's transition over to our final sports topic of the night. Uh, baseball is about how many games are we in now, man? I don't even know. Or what, like 30 games in? Something like that? We are Just about, about 20. Let's see. 24 like, games, 25 games. Everyone's about season. 20, 22 to 25 games in, depending on the schedule. So it's still obviously really early, but you know, which is why I have zero reaction 
to anything that's going on in baseball because it's been 20 something games. It's a, what is it? Oh no, it's not expanded. 100, what, 62? 162. It's a 162 game season. And we're 20 something games in. So only the most erratic fans are reacting super highly about anything right now. That being said, Matt, why don't you give us your, uh, your spiel on your Yanks so far. Well, I'm excited because a lot of people are giving my team no chance this year. No chance. You didn't even have them in your top five. At least I did. <laughs> but, hey, I know it's 25 games in, but we have the best record in baseball. <laughs> And a current 11-game winning streak. This is on Tuesday. They play tomorrow. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I am very pleased with what I'm seeing so far from my team. I know it's very early. But there's a lot of positives to take from 25 games. And I think the one player that I want to give flowers to is the local boy. Our Hawaii rep. Yeah. Isaiah Connor Falefa. You know, I was one of them. I admit. You were I wanted I wanted I wanted the Yankees to get Carlos Correa. That's why Wade wants to come back on this pod just to talk about I wanted (laughs) I wanted them to get Carlos Correa. And you know, on paper, Carlos Correa was the answer. And with the contract, he signed that three year deal opt out after each year after each year so i thought man that's 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 perfect but lo and behold they don't get him and they trade with the twins you know trading Urshela and gary sanchez away for ikf and josh donaldson now when that trade happened i said the biggest x factor to me is josh donaldson because if he can provide, you know, I'm not saying an MVP level like how he was with the Blue Jays, but a solid, consistent RBI piece in that lineup, I was like, yeah, this this trade will look pretty darn good. And honestly, it's looking good. And not because of Josh Donaldson, because mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson has been great. He's been good. Batting average is low, but he's hitting the ball hard, getting on base. I'm loving it. But Isaiah, just coming out of nowhere to me, is settling in as the Yankee shortstop. And I'm loving it. He's doing exactly what we need him to do. Mm -hmm. He has no home runs, which is totally fine to me. He doesn't need to do that. But he's getting on base. And to me, what's he's getting on base. He's playing, for the most part, very good defense, but what I think is going very unnoticed, and I give Aaron Boone, Aaron Boone actually a lot of props for this, is you know he has IKF in the number eight spot, and I think that's the perfect spot for him in this batting order because he's a guy who's he's just going to get base hits. He's not a power hitter. He's just going to make contact, put the ball in play, He's gotten like how many infield singles and blue pits this year? Like he's not slugging 
crazy. But he's turning the lineup over, being in the eight spot. If you're in the eight spot and you get a single, that brings up our well, our catcher has been whether it's Higashioka or Trevino yeah, no in the nine spot. Yeah, but they have both of them have no home runs this year. They're the Trevino's in like an over 20 slump. Higashioka is batting under 200. But if he if Isaiah gets a hit or gets on base, that forces our nine batter to get to the plate. And whatever he does, say he gets out, which is going to happen. That turns over the next inning. You start with the top of the lineup. And that allows you know, those guys to get more at-bats throughout the game, especially later in the game. And I think that really goes unnoticed when you're winning close games. And when you have a guy who's you know, in our leadoff spot, like DJ LeMahieu, you know, you want him batting that extra time around in the order. So I just think he's doing a great job. Um, I was wrong. Wade, congratulations. You were right. (laughs) I'm happy that you're right because everything is working out very fine right now. Uh, I still think we need to get some pitching, but I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. From you got Nestor, man. That guy is, that guy is Young. We don't need Garrett Cole as the ace. We got our, our lefty, man. Nasty Nestor. Yeah, he's dealing, man. Yeah. yeah. A Yankee, Yankee bullpen? What? Second in the bullpen ERA? Their starters king? have been... Oh, that guy is a monster. He is the oh king, man. He that is guy is a king. beast. What? Do you yeah. know that the worst pitcher on the Yankees this year is Garrett Cole? <laughs> but he's been he has 14 straight scoreless innings. But he he's been the worst pitcher so far in the rotation. So if that's the case, oh my goodness, the sky is the limit for this team. So I know it's early. I'm gonna knock on wood, but is this finally the year we get our Yankee Dodgers World Series that we've been dreaming of yeah we'll see al is tough man i mean actually you know it's kind of ridiculous the nl west what where do the rockies come from <laughs> why do they why does the team just keep doing this we should be the clear-cut number one runaway team and here are all these annoying little pestering pests that are <laughs> just don't want to just Lie down. Just lie down. We have an all-star team. Just lie down, please. That's all I'm asking for. Um, hey, the Rockies, they have the home field advantage with their, their hitting ball, hitter-friendly ballpark. Unreal. The ball just flies out of course, too. It's crazy. Um. Well, yeah, I guess we're, since we're talking baseball, um, like I said, regular season, not worried as long as we're – You know, we do good around end of July, month of August and September, right, where it really matters. Hopefully, everyone is healthy. That's what I care about, staying healthy and, you know, close or at the top of the standings. We don't even need even need to be in first place as far as I'm concerned um, until, you know, August hits because that's really all that matters to me. And that's what I've seen in the past. Like I told you. I've seen the great Dodger regular seasons and doesn't mean anything because we're not hot at the right times. Right. So I literally have zero panic right now. 
Well, I, I mean, not like I really need to panic necessarily. I mean, we are still uh, first in the division anyway, so it's not like there's anything really to worry about. Um, but, yeah, you know, San Diego's, you know, doing pretty well. The Giants and the Rockies and even Arizona is only one game under 500. So uh, kind of tight right now. Obviously, as the season goes on, you know, the top teams will start to pull away. That's just how it goes. Um, average wise. I mean, I guess there's a little concern. Mookie's not hitting. Muncie's not hitting. Justin Turner's not hitting. Uh, but luckily we got Freddie up there. Number two, he's been doing well. Chris Taylor is surprisingly the anchor of our offense right now. Um, you know, with, you know, like Will Smith is hitting 230 and stuff like that. But, you know, we're winning games despite all of that, which to me is, you know, kind of a good showing for this first uh, portion of the season that, you know, our pitching is performing. Um, you know, Walker, Julio looked great tonight. Six innings, no runs. Um, Kimbrel has actually kind of been surprising me. Uh, I just hope he can stay healthy and productive into the into the playoffs because I think he's going to be our closer. I thought we were setting up for Gratterall to be our closer, but he just still cannot quite figure out his control right now. Um, so, you know, all that talent, hopefully they can get him worked out um, for the end of the year. Andrew Heaney is, was balling before he went on the DL. I know you're giving me a lot it's of time. It's only about that. a matter of time. So I'm hoping the DL, DL stint isn't going to mess up his groove because he had a zero ERA for a while. Actually, I still think he does because he hasn't pitched. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm not worried. You know, all that matters is the playoffs, as we know. That's why I don't have a huge problem with the Kershaw thing um, anymore, as long as he wasn't mad. If we can get Bueller, Kershaw, um, you know, Urias, and then at this point, I think it's going to be Gonsolin. He's been looking better. Because we ain't got no Trevor Bauer for two years, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking nah, of I'm Bauer, not... what, what are you going to do? Did you just cut him already? I I mean, I guess he's going to try to appeal one more time. Um, and then you just got to cut him because... <laughs> like, you, you got, you know... I, I See, I'm not sure what the court... Um, verdict was I hadn't been really following. All I know is this is the MLB's suspension. Um, yeah. So they must have found enough of something or seen enough of something, uh, for them to warrant this. So, I mean, it's disappointing. But I was going into the season thinking we weren't going to have him anyway. It was just going to be a nice little cherry on top if we did. Uh, but I wasn't expecting him to play this year. Um. So it doesn't really affect me too much. It's only the cap at this point. But, I mean, there's no cap right in baseball. So, uh, plus, I mean, I the Dodgers are the new Yankees. So, even if he's money. suspended, right? Like, he's suspended for two years. And I think that's when his contract is up anyway with the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was only a three year deal. I don't deal even just see why they just cut him, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really know there what they're thinking, but 
yeah. Uh, I guess around the all-star break is when I really take a good check at the team, you know, but, um, like, I don't know. Mookie after that first year just cannot hit anymore in LA to the, to the standard where you said seeing him hit, I don't know, too much sun or what, but, um, <laughs> uh, the guy I'm concerned about is, is kind of Muncy because he had been kind of solid. Cody's going to hit low 200s. Let's just be honest. Uh, I don't even care because he turns it on in the regular in, in the playoffs, as we saw last year uh, with the, like I said, atrocious season. Um. All right. Well, See, I don't know. Was there anything you want to talk about? Cano got DFA'd. Yeah, that's, that's so sad. sad. He must be so sad. I really hope this isn't the end for him. He can't go out like that. I can't believe he was even still playing. I really didn't think he was even still playing. I'm being. I mean, he's thirty-nine. I want to say he, like, he's, he's that old already. He's old, but. I just don't want him to go out like that. Maybe yeah, that's come a back, little scary. Come back to New York. Come back to the Yankees. Maybe on a cheap deal or something. <laughs> that would make me happy. Yeah, I'm sure that would make you happy. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to ruin the chemistry in the locker room right now. So, DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, as second baseman. I'm okay with that. All right. Well, why don't you just go ahead and round us round us out with your uh, sports fact of the day? <laughs> All right. So today is May 3rd. So going back to the year 1936, probably yeah. our oldest fact. Uh, the once young star named Joe DiMaggio one of the greatest Yankees of all time made his debut today and he had three hits <laughs> and the rest is history, right? Yeah. He has that one record that will never be broken. What is that? I don't even know. 56 game hitting streak. Oh, it is. Nobody's oh, yeah, ever going to touch that. Oh yeah. That's him. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Nobody's going to touch that record. Had to say Yankee fact because we're the best team in the league right now. <laughs> like I said, let's check in on that in September. Hey, as long as All my right. team is in October, I will not be complaining. All right. Oh, well, that was a good pod back. We covered a lot. Um, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, hopefully you guys stuck around and, uh, look forward to the clips that are coming out. So, uh, until then we will see you next week. Everyone take care. Um, and, uh, we'll see you guys later.